Welcome back, everybody. I am Robertson Fire of Phantom Sports. Sitting virtually across from me is Ben Parker, and we are the odds on favorite. If you love football, then you are in the right place. Ben, we had our bye week last week. Um, got some uh, got some rest in. Uh, <laughs> there's a story to that, but we had our bye week last week. Uh, how we doing, Ben? How was your How was your week? Uh, interesting week of football. Interesting week seven. That's good. I like that. Yeah, we had a bye week, so uh, not, uh, my my week was very busy with work. And you know, since since you and I aren't yet getting paid for this, we decided to take a week off, and uh, we're back at it today. And uh, man, I appreciate everybody listening to us and everybody who's uh, joined us tonight. Yes, please, sponsors, if you if you hear us out there, please <laughs> help us out. Yeah, we're all up. We're all up. <laughs> yeah, we our our DMs are open on Twitter. Um, you can ask for our personal numbers if you wish. If whatever helps the process get moving faster. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's just jump right into uh, what Week Seven had to, had for us. Um, I think the game of the week. Then, uh, what was it? it was supposed to be? At least it was supposed to be game of the week. But uh, as the game went on, it just did not turn out that way. Uh, I'm talking about the Chiefs at the 49ers. It was a competitive game the first half. Um, a lot of mistakes were made by both teams, uh, more so by the 49ers, but they they stayed in the game. Um, and then the second half rolled around, and the Chiefs just started pulling away, and it was just embarrassing at that point for the, uh, for the 49ers offensively. Um, you know, Ben, what did you see in that game? Jimmy G clearly not uh, on his A game uh, this past Sunday. It's it's a great it's a great uh, uh, thing that you're talking about. They're a great feature here. If I could compare the 49ers to the Bills for just a minute, you know, they basically both had entering the week statistically identical defenses, top of the league. Um, but you know, the Bills have an offense that's also top of the league, and the 49ers don't. So when the Chiefs start to score some points on the 49ers, they're putting a lot of pressure now on that 49er offense to to do the same, and and they just can't do it, you know. They, they can compete. That 49er offense is not an inept. They can mix and match and run and pass and do all kinds of little things, but they can't put up 40 against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, whereas the Bills can do that, they can put some defensive pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but if they have to, they can score in a shootout and win that way. The 49ers just can't. So, I, you know, I think you're dead on it there. You know, not, we're not trying to pick on Jim Garoppolo here. He's, he's a good, decent quarterback, but he's not Patrick Mahomes and he's not Josh Allen, and he's not one of those guys that's going to light it up. So, so no, I agree with what you're putting out there. Um, I'll flip it back to you. Um, how much – how good do you feel about the Chiefs here? Um, you know, are they legit uh, in terms of Super Bowl? How do you feel if you're a Chiefs fan right now? Uh, you have to feel absolutely amazing. You went in to, I think at the time, it was the second ranked overall defense, if not the first, and you shellacked them. I mean, you, Patrick Mahomes, I, I called it, or I, I, I predicted it before the season started, that if he even was 75% of what he was last year, that he was going to be the runaway favorite for MVP. And so far, that seems to be the case. Name name a better option. Jalen Hurts, maybe, especially if the Eagles go undefeated. But Patrick Mahomes is doing some phenomenal things with less than stellar weapons, and that's no slight on Juju Smith-Schuster or 
Marcus Valdez-Scantling, but it's clearly not what he had before in Tyreek Hill. Um, but he, he, he keeps delivering. He keeps producing at extremely high levels, at elite levels, which is something that other quarterbacks in the league that we thought were elites um, have not been able to do. So props to him. You got to feel great if you're a Chiefs fan. Uh, the running game, they actually have a running game now. It seems to be with Pacheco and Clyde, Clyde Edwards to lesser extent, especially with Pacheco. And their defense still looks good. It's not, it's still that kind of bend, don't break defense, but it, it still looks good. Still looks good. Speaking of teams that keep on rolling and quarterbacks that are playing at an elite level, let's talk about the Seahawks for a minute. <laughs> Geno Smith. Geno freaking Smith, and, and, you know, raise your hand if you had him playing at MVP-level football. But he continues week in and week out. We keep waiting on him to not perform again. We keep waiting yeah. on him to look like the Geno Smith we've known for his whole career, and he hasn't. He just continues to put up incredibly insane accuracy numbers. He continues to move the football down the field. He continues to not make a lot of mistakes. And Pete Carroll is loving coaching this defense. Uh, talk to us about the Seahawks and the Chargers. Well, what I'm not loving, Ben, is that Simon, the the better the better that uh, Geno Smith plays, the, the the more that this validates Simon's uh, take that he'd rather have Geno Smith than Carson Wentz. But uh, <laughs> you know, Simon should be on the sh- the show soon, so we can talk about that, and he can you know further rub the egg in my, on my face. Absolutely. But, but you look at <laughs> – yeah, I'm sure he can't wait for that either. And honestly, I can't. Um, you look at the NFC West, it's wide open. And the Seahawks are in first place. There's – and I said um, after I think it was either week four or week five that – this the next four Seahawks games, like when we get to the midpoint of the season, that the, the next four games for the Seahawks was were were winnable games that we could either see them go four and zero or three and one. They were bare minimum gonna go, you know, five hundred, two and two in that span if Geno kept playing the way he was. And it seems that I'm I appear to be right with that. They're they're just rolling and their offense looks I dare say better than it did with Russell Wilson at quarterback at times, which is mind-blowing, in my opinion, when you juxtapose a future Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion, with, up to this point, a career backup, Geno Smith. It's really astounding. Now, I do think they need to fix that defense a little bit, um, but but so far, there's no reason to think that if Geno keeps playing the way that he is, that the Seahawks can at least make the six or seven seed. Totally agree. Let's get your favorite team, the Commanders, man. Uh, <laughs> big week for them. All right. Anytime you can be Aaron Rodgers, I don't care how. I don't care. Listen, I don't care who who the Packers have lined up wide receiver. They've got Aaron Rodgers, and they have a yeah. respectable defense. And you still beat them. So, how do you feel about the Commanders this week? Um. After that game, I'm. I'm not as optimistic as some people might think that we should be. Taylor Heineke, the dude just balls. He goes, you know, he, he goes all out. He's fearless. He is also reckless. 
which gets him into trouble sometimes. I love the guy. You know, he, he you never question with him that he is giving 100% effort on every play. And that's something you love, but at the same time, it, 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 it gets him in trouble. I still worry a little bit about the defense. I understand on paper it's performing well. When Rodgers wanted to drive it downfield, really, in, that, in those last two drives, he was able to do it. So, and I don't know if that was, you know, us playing soft defense, which is probably the case, but I just, I think the, 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 the Packers are just a mess right now. And I think that attributed to their, you know, to the loss. So I feel good about, I feel a lot better about Taylor Heineke than I do Carson Wentz thus far. I I thought it was, should have been Taylor Heineke's job anyway, but I think the story is more about the Packers and how, lackluster they've been over the past three or four weeks offensively and how Rodgers really just can't trust anybody and it's apparent you can see it he just he looks miserable honestly he does not look like he's having a fun time and that could just be him being a diva but I mean it, it, it looks like he's out there anticipating to fail up was down last week because we watched Aaron Rodgers lose to Taylor Heineke and we watched Tom Brady lose to PJ Walker. PJ Walker. <laughs> both, both, might I add, both were XFL quarterbacks. And I think, I don't know if I'm correct on this, I think Taylor Heineke backed up PJ Walker in the XFL. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's, I know they were both XFL quarterbacks. So both, an, both, at, the XFL is winning in the NFL. <laughs> It's an excellent segue. We're walking right into next week, week eight. There's several games. We're going to cover eight games from week eight, starting with the Panthers at the Falcons. Uh, uh, sorry, I want to call you Ronan <laughs> from last night's <laughs> podcast. Robertson, uh, the Falcons are four-and-a-half-point favorite here at home. Um, Falcons have had some injuries, not a whole lot of brutal season-ending type injuries, but they've had a lot of nagging injuries, like to Cal Pitts yeah. and mm-hmm. and to to you know they did, they did lose one of the running backs, I think, for the season, and you know different guys have just kind of been been out. But now the Panthers are in fire cell mode. They've already you know Christian McCaffrey is gone, Robbie Anderson is gone. So who do you like this week? Panthers at the Falcons. Falcons favored by four and a half. I like the Falcons here. I think the Panthers were a bit of an aberration against the Buccaneers. Uh, heck of a game played by them, even with the fire sale going on. Um, you got Steve Wilkes uh, there as the, as the interim coach. You got to have respect for him. I think he got a bit of a raw deal, his uh, only year of head coaching in Arizona. So I, I liked him as, a, as an assistant coach, and I think that he still has a future as a head coach. Um, we'll see what he can do with it, you know, for the rest of the season. But like you said, there's a fire sale going on. I just think the the – even with some of the injuries that the Falcons are a more talented team. I like Marcus Mariota in the run game, like I said, even with the injuries. So, and they're also playing at home. It's an NFC uh, South matchup. So obviously anything can happen, but Ben, what I think is most crazy is that the winner of this game could possibly be in first place in the division where it's all said and done. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) So what do you think about that? The NFC South was 
supposed to be a bad division, but we at least thought the Buccaneers are going to be ahead of it. What do you think about the Falcons potentially being in first place or even the Panthers, really? Oh, I love it. You know, all of, all of my – we all want to be right, correct? But uh, my, pre, my preseason predictions aside, I love it. Give me the Falcons in first place. Give me the Seahawks <laughs> in first place. Give me Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady losing to Taylor Heineke and P.J. Walker. I love it. I I absolutely love it. You know, I don't even care about my predictions anymore. And by the way, most of the other people's predictions aren't very good either at this point either nope. because we didn't have most, – most of us in the media didn't have this going on. No, I love it. The Falcons have been so feisty. They have more weapons than I realized. They had Huntley at running back. I think he's out for the season. They had Cordell Patterson, who's the all-everything guy. He should be back in a week or two coming off of that injury. Drake London, wide receiver, as a rookie, has, has been very good. Um, not dominant, but good. Uh, Kyle Pitts, when healthy, is, I think, one of the best tight ends in football. He has yet to kind of break out, but certainly he's a threat. And, and then you get to Marcus Mariota. And, and Mariota has played better. He's not throwing the ball a lot. You know, 120 yards a game, I think, is probably what he's averaging. But mm. he's making some plays here and there, and he's running a lot. He looks faster than he's ever looked, honestly, at the NFL level. So the Falcons are doing a lot of, a lot of impressive things. Can they keep it up? Can they make a playoff run? I don't know, but I, I love it. I, I think they're going to uh, continue to compete. I, I've got them winning this game probably something like 24 to 20. I think Vegas has this just about right. Um, so I, I think this is a good close game here. Give me the Falcons with the four and a half, but I think that's very, very tight. Steelers and Eagles. This is a 10 and a half point dog here, okay? Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the defense has not looked good. The offense has not looked good. They've competed in some games. They, mm-hmm. they even had a major upset a couple of weeks ago. But now they're in Philadelphia. And statistically, by almost any metric, the Eagles are one of the best teams in football right now, Well, no, no matter how you, how you want to measure it. So tell me about the Eagles and the Steelers. The Eagles are 10.5-point favorites. And that's exactly why I'm picking the Steelers in this game. And Simon will appreciate this pick. There we go. So I'm picking the Steelers in this game. I'm not picking them to cover. I'm just picking them to win outright. The Eagles are coming off a bye. They, they're, I, I think they're going to come into this game kind of feeling themselves a little bit. Um, just geographically, this is a bit of a rivalry. You know, you got Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. They're pretty close to each other. Um, both hard-nosed teams. Um, both teams have a little bit of history, but. Both have rabid fan bases, very passionate fan bases. Um, it's in Philly, so it worries me a little bit, but that just kind of reinforces, you know, like, hey, we got this struggling offense coming in with a rookie quarterback that doesn't look any good so far, and we're just going to run these guys over, and it's not even going to be a contest. That could be very well what they're thinking. And that's why exactly why I like the Steelers in this one. I don't know why. I It's just – Whenever you pick one way, it goes the complete other way. So that's what I'm going with this week, um, at least in this game. So Kenny Pickett probably not going to have the best game, but I could see you know Najee Harris going for a big game. Uh, Pickett making enough plays and limiting mistakes enough to pull off a huge upset here. You make a very good point. Kenny Pickett's throwing for a lot of yardage. He's very aggressive, but he's also turning the ball over a good bit. Some of the early picks were not all necessarily his fault but he is the, the later picks here the past few games. Plus, he's still working his way in. So, But Pick is throwing for yardage. Um, there's no question about it. Like, he's he's able to get you two or 300 yards a game, 
if you're asking them to throw the football a lot, and they are still struggling to run, so I expect them to throw the football a lot here in this game. What have they got to lose, right? So yeah. uh, I think Kenny Pickett's uh, going to continue to uh, throw for yardage. We'll see if he can cut down on the turnovers or not. <laughs> Give me the Eagles in this game, I think 30-17. to 17. I think I like the under here, 43 and a half. Um, th- that's asking – that's either the Eagles uh, scoring, you know, 35 points, which they are capable of doing, mm-hmm. or that's the Steelers scoring more than 20, which I'm not totally sure they're going to do. So I, I think give me the under here with the Eagles winning something like 30 to 17. Patriots and Jets. Let's move over to the <laughs> AFC East where the Patriots have a quarterback controversy boiling yes. between Matt Jones and Bailey Zappi, of all people. Uh, it's a tight game. Patriots were two-and-a-half-point favorites. That is now down to a point-and-a-half, probably because of the quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jets are still underdogs, though. They've been underdogs. I forget if it's every game or almost every game this year, and they just continue to win. So talk to me about the Jets and the Patriots. Uh, Patriots favored by point-and-a-half. I'm going against the grain again a little bit. I, I understand that Vegas is giving the the, the the edge to New England, but if it feels like the Jets should be favored. So I'm going against the grain a little bit and taking the Patriots here over the Jets. And it's not that I love the Jets, but they lost Brees Hall. I think they just traded for um, James Robinson from the Jackson, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not the same back. Uh, Brees Hall is a bit more of a power back than James Robinson is. I mean, he he can he can hit people, but it, he's a smaller back. He's a much smaller back than Brees Hall is. I still like Michael Carter carrying the rock instead of James Robinson. If you gave me uh, an option between the two of them, but I don't know who the Patriots are going to go with here. Um, I still feel a little validation because I said in our. Uh, <laughs> Offseason videos that Mac Jones should be looking over his shoulder a little bit at Bailey Zappi, but now it has come <laughs> to fruition. So I don't know who they're going to start. I don't know if you're Team Mac or Team Zappi here, but um, give me the Patriots here. Bilicek, as you've alluded to previously, Bilicek doesn't put up two uh, bad games in a row. I don't know if Zach Wilson is the real deal yet. Uh, like I said, he's playing, he's playing well enough for them to win five games, but. I need to see it against Bill Belichick to really start believing here. I this is a game to stay away from if you're if if I'm if it's me. I, I wouldn't put money on the over, on the under. I wouldn't put money on the Patriots, on the Jets. I, nope. I could see a million different things happening here. I wouldn't put any kind of money anywhere near this game. There's other games I like, but I right or wrong, I think I I, I like to put money on, but not this one. Um, Give me the Jets, 23-21. to I think it's super tight, but I don't feel great about that. You mentioned it. Belichick doesn't have bad weeks back-to-back. He just almost never does. With Brady, without Brady, almost any time they have a loss, the next week he comes back in with a brand-new game plan that we, we just didn't kind of expect. And he figures out a way to win the next week. And it's it's one of those marks of, of great teams and, and great athletes, great coaches. They rarely have bad back-to-back weeks or bad back-to-back games. So all that being said, give me the Jets here in a tight one, but don't put any money on this game in any direction. Let's go back to your beloved commanders, all right? Oh, uh, we already talked about them once. Here we go. The commanders are at the Colts. All kinds of fun stuff going on in this game. 
most noteworthy is the Colts will start Sam Ellinger, if I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I apologize. While the commanders are planning to start, I think, Taylor Heineke. So it's mm-hmm. not exactly a brand name matchup here. <laughs> but the commanders are dogs here by three points at a struggling Indianapolis. They are 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. They are one of the worst-looking 3-3-1 three, three, and one teams I have ever seen. They you know, they have not looked good almost hardly at any point this year. Even in the win against the Chiefs, the Colts didn't look great. So talk to me here about the commanders and the Colts. Even with all this drama going on with, you know, the change from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger and, you know, Taylor Heineke beating Aaron Rodgers, the, the still the most interesting storyline is Jim Ursay versus Dan Snyder. I think that's the more interesting headline here. <laughs> and you know we're going to hear stuff this week about it. And it's going to be – it's going to be embarrassing for me, and it's going to be fun for me all at the same time because I just don't care anymore. So it's going to be amazing. But getting to the football part of it, um, I don't know what to expect here from saying Ellinger. Eh, eh, God, his, heart, his name's hard to pronounce. Ellinger. I don't know what to expect. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, of read option and zone reads with him and Jonathan Taylor. Um, you, you still got Michael Pittman there. He's 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 healthy now. Um, you know, Mo Ali Cox is, is good. Uh, something that hasn't been a point of emphasis for teams going to face us has been focusing on the tight end spot, which is surprising because our linebackers are not great, especially covering. Maybe that's kind of an exploitation, you know, get a rookie quarterback work in the middle of the field a little bit. Um, give him some easy stuff. I don't know what I really don't know what to what to expect. I I don't really feel like this is a fair game to pick because for all we know, Ellinger could suck or he could run it all over the Commanders, which is on 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 paper our defense has improved over the past month or month or so. But I'm just not seeing it on the field when I'm watching these games. I'm just not seeing, you know, this stout run defense. I'm not seeing that. Aaron Jones ran in on us a little bit last week in uh, uh, against the Packers, or against us. Derrick Henry, granted, took him 30 carries to get to get there, but he also got 100 yards. The The Eagles were able to run on us a little bit. I, I'm not seeing it, really. I'm just not seeing this improved defense. I understand on paper it's seeing that, but I just think it's due to the lackluster offenses that we've been facing. So I really don't know what to expect. I'm not betting on this game at all. I'll take the commanders because the Colts are a mess, but it would not surprise me at all to see us cough up this one. You, you, you've made a lot of good points here. It's a bad matchup for the commanders. When you look at the Colts' offense and what they usually tend to like to do, especially with Ellen Grinnell potentially at quarterback versus that commander's defense and what their weaknesses are, Matchup-wise, it's a really bad match here for the Commanders. But I feel like the Commanders, I feel like they've got a lot of weapons on offense to choose from, some of which they haven't fully utilized this year. I feel like I like the Commanders in terms of they have looked better at times, not good, but better at times than the Colts have this year. I just don't have a good feeling about the Colts. Analytically, it probably tends toward the Colts, but when I I just – and I, again, I hate to be a feel thing here on, on an analytical yeah. show. The Colts don't feel right. They don't feel like they've got things together. They don't feel connected. That offensive line hasn't been good this year. 
the defense hasn't been horrible, but it hasn't been great either. It's, it's struggled some. Obviously, they've struggled at quarterback. That's why they're taking Matt Ryan out and putting Ellinger in. So give me the commanders here in a tight one, 21 to 20. Um, I don't think, again, this is not a game I would put money on. It's not one of the games that I, that I like to put money on here at all. Given the commanders 21 to 20, matchup favors probably the Colts, but I think the momentum and the hope factor and, and whatever else you want to put into it mostly favors the commanders right now. The 49ers and the Rams. Uh, this was a game in which three or four weeks ago, I picked the Rams, even knowing the history of the past two or three years, I picked the Rams to win this game. The 49ers basically just blew them to smithereens. Um, 49ers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, too. But it's in Los Angeles, and the Rams come in struggling. The 49ers come in with probably more hope than they even had three or four weeks ago, but the 49ers are banged up. So what do you like here? I'm, I'm digging my heels in here. I still think the four, even, even with that horrid performance by Jimmy G against the Chiefs, I've backed up Jimmy G. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna continue to back him up. I still think he's better than most people think, even though that contest last week did, really did not show that. Kyle Shanahan just has Sean McVay's number in the regular season for whatever reason. I'm still going with the 49ers here. Uh, you got a, another week with um, a full week, rather, of practice with um, Christian McCaffrey, who was a huge addition uh, uh, last week with, uh, with the 49ers getting a trade from the Panthers. They gave up probably more than desired, but it was also to keep it away from the Rams, who were also in the in the bidding yes. for them. <laughs> so that 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 part's kind of interesting. So maybe there's a little. Uh, <laughs> you know, a little rivalry there just with that. Like, man, you took my guy. Um, I just – I like their defense better overall. I like their offense better. Matt Stafford just really can't get consistently going. Uh, the offensive line is still questionable, and you're going up against a, a, a still a top-five defense in the 49ers. I don't like the matchup for the Rams, so I'm, I'm sticking with the 49ers here. It's a fascinating matchup every time these two teams play the past three or four seasons. There's no way I'm picking the Rams here. And I'll probably be wrong. The Rams will probably steamroll the 49ers because of it. Probably. <laughs> I can't pick the Rams. They look awful. The Rams look dreadful. They are getting outscored 17 to 21 basically every week. They're, they're, they're scoring 17, which is lousy. They're giving up 21, which is average. Um, there's no way I can pick the Rams in this game. You mentioned the offensive line is struggling. Matthew Stafford basically has one and a half guys that he's throwing the football to. Skaronic being the half guy. Um, they're struggling to run the football. Uh, the Rams' defense is, is, is just an average defense. It's not great. It's not bad. The 49ers, although banged up in, in several places, continue just to mix and match. Now add McCaffrey in. And, and oh, by the way, you mentioned that uh, the 49ers just seem to own the Rams the regular season. So give me the 49ers here. Um, you, you could have set the over – you could have set them as, a, you know, probably four or five-point favorites, and I still would take them in this game. Yeah. Um, so I like the 49ers. Uh, give me give me them here to win. Maybe, I don't know, something like uh, 20, 24 to 10, 24 to 12, something like that. Giants and the Seahawks. Giants at Seattle. Uh, Seahawks, three-point favorites, continue to win. But they're going up against the Giants team that continues <laughs> to surprise everybody as well with Brian Dable and Daniel Jones and, uh, and a healthy Saquon Barkley for the first time in a while. 
Uh, talk to us about the Giants and the Seahawks. Um, eight weeks ago, we thought these were going to be two dumpster fire teams, and yes. it's it's quite the opposite now. <laughs> and I don't know what who I'm not going to bet on this game. I'm really not because what I'm struggling with is I've said it for I think a few weeks at this point. One of these quarterbacks is going to come crashing down to earth, but they haven't. And I think we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting for it to happen. So Vegas is betting on Daniel Jones to fail because last week we saw that the the Giants were underdogs um, against the, the Jaguars. I believe they were also underdogs against the Packers. I believe so. Or maybe they were favored against the Packers. I think they were underdogs against the Packers. And they ended up winning both of those games. Vegas is doing it again here. If you're going to force me to pick, I will take the Giants, but I don't feel confident about it because I do believe it's such a strange sentence. I think I like Geno Smith more than I like Daniel Jones here, especially in Seattle. But I, I, I might like the Giants overall roster a little bit more than the Seahawks. Yeah, I if you're asking me who's actually going to make the playoffs here, I think I picked the Giants. But that's not the question. The question is who's going to win this game? And you mentioned it. It's in Seattle. It's going to be loud. You know, that they've got something to cheer for that I don't think anybody outside of Pete Carroll really expected they would have this year. This I, it's going to be loud there. And Geno Smith has been playing better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I, I think, and, I, and again, I haven't broken down every Giants game, I think a lot of what Daniel Jones' stuff and the Giants are doing, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's a lot off to the sides. And then they're asking Daniel Jones to basically don't turn the ball over and give us about two plays down the field. Geno Smith has been playing lights out. Geno Smith has been very accurate. Early in the season, it was a lot of short stuff, but that has changed. He is now throwing the ball all over the football field. Sometimes that's because there's some wide open receivers, but be that as it may, I don't think the Giants can win a shootout. Seattle gives up a lot of points, but they score a lot of points. So give me Seattle here. I think this is a fun game, but I think Seattle comes on top this week. Bears and Cowboys. The Cowboys are a nine-point favorite at home against Chicago. (laughs) Chicago coming in with uh, Justin Fields at quarterback. Talk to us about the Bears and the Cowboys. I think this is the biggest um, oopsie that Vegas is going to make this year. Justin Fields and the Bears are coming in hot. They just – they just knocked off Bill Belichick, granted, with a very shaky quarterback situation there, as we've, as we've already talked about. But they they hung 33 on them. And, yes, the Cowboys' defense is much better on paper, statistically, any way you want to look at it. They're much better than the Patriots' defense. But Dak, Dak last week didn't look imp- that impressive against the absolute worst defense in the NFL by a mile. He looked average. He looked no better than Cooper Rush's looked against much better defenses this season. So, you, of course, you can attribute that to attribute that to to um, you know, him being off for five weeks. Fair, fair criticism. Fair enough. But the Bears' defense is pretty good. They're pretty good. They got some ballers. They got Rokon Smith there. They got Robert Quinn there. I'm I'm leaning towards the Bears here. I, 
I don't even think they're going to – I think they're just going to win outright. I'm picking some underdogs this week. I think the Bears are going to go into Dallas and really, really cause some stir in the, in the Cowboys organization as to who the quarterback should be. I would love it. What I like best about this game, I think, is the under. This is one of the things, and again, please bet responsibly. Please don't take your house mortgage money or your your kid's Christmas money and go spend it on Please. This. But – if I was going to bet on anything, I like the under in this game. It's at four to two and a half last I looked. Both of these teams, I think, are going to struggle to cross the 20-point mark. I, I think both of these – I think the Bears want to run the football. I think the Cowboys generally look better when they do run the football this year. So I think both teams are going to be trying to run the football a lot. That's going to chew up a lot of clock, like you mentioned. Cowboys offense hasn't exactly been lighting it up. And the Bears, in spite of hanging 33 on the Patriots, they haven't been lighting it up either. So I like the under in this game. I'm actually picking the opposite as a winner, though. I, I've got the Cowboys winning. Here's why. We, we mentioned that the, the Colts were a bad matchup for the Commanders. We were picking the Commanders anyway. I think the Cowboys are a bad matchup for the Bears. The Bears' offensive line is it's not it's not awful horrible, but it's pretty bad. It is a pretty bad offensive line the Cowboys come in with all kinds of guys who can get pressure on the quarterback I think that's going to hinder what Justin Fields can do in this game so giving the Cowboys something like 20 to 9 but again I like the under a whole lot better than I like the Cowboys covering that nine here in this game hello this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast part of the Phantom Podcast family Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. For all of your Northwest sports needs, check out northwestsportsdesk.com, an up-and-coming sports blog based out of the Northwest and a partner of Phantom Sports Industries. Cardinals and Vikings. Um, Cardinals have looked awful this year, and yet (laughs) there are three and four. They're starting to get a little bit better. They've got DeAndre Hopkins back. That seems to make an immediate difference on offense. And yet, even winning, we've got Kyler Murray and his head coach having an argument right there where everybody can see it during the game against the Vikings, who, again, like the Giants and the Seahawks, just continue to win and continue to do better than some of us. Uh, There were some people who did like the Vikings. But the Vikings are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on Sunday against the Cardinals. Tell me what's going to happen in this matchup. I guess I'm just going underdogs constantly this week because I'm taking yes. the Cardinals here again. <laughs> this is a see. This is classic Kirk Cousins right here. This is exactly what's going to play. I'm going to tell you before it happens. The first half, it's going to be like he's going to play pretty well. It's they're going to get out to like a 14 nothing lead, 17 nothing lead. And then he's going to crap the bed in like the third quarter and then try to rally his team back, and it's just not going to work out for him. So the final score I'm just going to say is 27-24 Cardinals here. The Cardinals built up a lot of momentum uh, Thursday night against the Saints. 
they put up a lot of points. Their offense seemed to get some traction after that small explosion on the sideline with Kyler Murray, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. You might not believe in their coaching, and that's totally fair. I, I personally don't, but I think Kyler finally got his footing a little bit, and he has in games past. I think that he can they, – they, excuse me, goodness gracious. I think that they can carry that momentum against the Vikings who – I don't think are real. You know, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy them. It, and it's hard to with that offense, but I don't trust Kirk Cousins and I don't trust that team. I'm with you on the Cardinals winning this game, actually. I'm I'm gonna go with the same score you got, 27 to 24. I think they already have looked a little bit better the past couple of weeks. I think we knew that they had the potential to be Jekyll and Hyde all year long. I think we know them as a team who can be cold and ugly and awful and dreadful, and then all of a sudden, like a streaky three-point shooter, can just be scorching on fire hot, and I kind of keep waiting for them to do that. Um, so give me the Cardinals here with DeAndre Hopkins back. I think that's a huge difference. I think we already saw that last week. Mm-hmm. So give me the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Um I think the Vikings during the regular – I don't have any faith in the Vikings in the playoffs, but I think the Vikings in the regular season can continue to win some games. I'm just not going to pick them to win this game. Um, Give me the Cardinals 27-24. I think same score as you have. Final game for the week here um, that we're covering, the Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who seemingly don't know what to do. (laughs) Tom Brady in press conferences looks – very much unlike any Tom Brady we've ever seen. Uh, we, we already know about some of the off-field distractions that he's dealing with. We know about the offensive line struggles that they're dealing with. We know the Buccaneers can't run the football. Uh, we know the Buccaneers' defense has been pretty good this year. Not the best, but pretty, pretty solid on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Tom Brady seemingly now is aggravated and frustrated and angry during every single game because they just cannot seem to get this offense in gear. And yet – the Ravens are only a point-and-a-half favorite in this game. So talk to me about the Ravens and the Buccaneers. These are two teams that I don't think you can trust either of them right now. And that's a tough thing to say when both both teams have top-ten quarterbacks. Um, the Ravens, other than last week against the Browns, they have not been able to hold a lead going into the fourth quarter. And the Buccaneers, they're just – like you, like you said, they're just kind of a mess right now. And Brady has traditionally and consistently just dealt with those issues before. We've seen it when he was in uh, New England. He dealt with offensive line shuffles and injuries and, you know, lack of weapons. He's dealt with it all. I just think that he's he's gotten old. Like, let's just face it. He's gotten old and he just can't deal with as many problems at the same time as he's as he was able to deal with in the past. And also let's face it, the past two years in in Tampa Bay, he's dealt with pretty ideal situations for the most part. I mean, nothing has been perfect, but definitely more ideal more ideal than what he was dealing with in New England as far as, you know, injuries and weapons and that kind of thing. The Ravens, I think, need this game more than the Buccaneers because the NFC South is just such a mess right now that I think that even if the Buccaneers lose this game, they still have plenty of time to, you know, to go 11 and six, 10 and seven, something like that, or even nine and eight. The Ravens, I think that the Bengals are catching fire right now. Uh, the Browns, I think, are still going to stay afloat. 
long enough to until Deshaun Watson gets back. If if he comes back this season, we don't know yet with new allocations. But regardless, I think the Ravens need this game a little bit more than the Buccaneers do. I don't. I, I I've said before I can't bet against Tom Brady, and I still don't think I can. It's in Tampa Bay. It's a Thursday night. I like I like Tampa Bay here. I don't love it. I wouldn't. I would kind of stay away from this game. I just think it's too close to call. Let me give you a hilarious scenario that played out in my mind while you were talking before I give you my real analytical piece. The Ravens are up at halftime, 31 to nothing in this game. Oh, stop. And the Buccaneers, <laughs> stop the it. Buccaneers come out in the second <laughs> half, led by Odell Beckham Jr. in WWE style, oh, and God. win the game 34 to 31 in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the story, though? Like, just. Let's just be serious about that for a second. Wouldn't that be something if, like, yes. he he comes back from, like, 25, 28 points or even the 31 you're talking about, and then that just kickstarts the rest of the season for them? I mean, that would be some. That would be some story. And you've but, mentioned it. The Ravens cannot seem to hold these leads. At times, Lamar Jackson, and, and he's been this way for two or three years now. This isn't new. At times, Lamar Jackson is literally unstoppable. There is literally no defense anywhere when he's on that can do anything to stop him. He can run at will. He can pass at will. He can throw 60 yards down the field to covered receivers. He is unstoppable. And then in the very next half or the next week, he's throwing for 120 yards and he runs for 60. And you're trying to figure out, who kidnapped him and what alien is now inhabiting yeah. his body because it, it's, it's, it's so weird. Right. But you mentioned the Ravens can't hold these leads and it would be, it would be typical Brady, right. To lead that, lead that kind of a comeback. Beckham jr. In all seriousness, he's not going to come out in the second half of the Buccaneers game. <laughs> he will help. He may help somebody at some point this year. A lot of teams could use that wide receiver help for sure. Um, I'm not picking the Buccaneers in this game. They've looked too bad the past few weeks. They just cannot seem to get it together. I haven't given up on them. I still think there's enough pieces there to where they can be a real threat in the NFC as the season goes along. I'm just not picking them this week. Give me the Ravens. Um, you know, I just think the Ravens at this point have looked better than the Buccaneers. So give me Baltimore, even though they are playing in Tampa Bay. And I think I like the under on this game. It's a 45 point. Uh, uh, over under there. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Tampa Bay can hold up their end of the bargain on that. So uh, let's see, give me the under on that 45 points. And that wraps us up. Robertson, close us out. I got one quick question for you. Just a little bit of a, of a, of a shocking question or, you know, just one last thing. I'm ready. So through, and we've talked about some of these teams, but, through seven weeks, there's obviously some teams that are not playing up the par. The Buccaneers and, for the most part, the Ravens being two of them. But just overall, you know, we have the Packers, we have the Chargers, uh, you know, we have the oh, – who am I talking about here? Uh, the Cardinals, we thought they'd be better than, than expected, the Rams and 49ers. Of those teams, or maybe a different team I didn't mention – which of these struggling teams do you think is most likely to get it back on track, to get things turned around, to, you know, 
essentially make a push for the playoffs and maybe even a deep run into the playoffs. Which of these teams do you think can turn things around? None of them would surprise me, honestly, but it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, right? Um, yeah. There's enough yeah. pieces there. You know, I realize the offensive line is struggling and the wide receivers are still trying to get back healthy. And even if they are healthy, they're not the fastest wide receivers, but they've, you know, they've been winning the past couple of years with those, with that basically group of wide receivers, not, not a huge change over there. Um, Gronkowski's absence being really the big difference. Is there anything Tampa Bay can do to, to, to get that offense kicked in gear? Maybe, maybe something. I don't know. It's going to be a whole lot different, but I, I still like Tampa Bay and Tom Brady's chances to do it. Baltimore is the team that I can't figure out. Baltimore is the team, and I, I realize they've had a couple of injuries to start the season that were season enders, right? Mm-hmm. Baltimore just seems to have so much talent on offense and defense, and it doesn't seem to be clicking. I don't know why. Um, there are times where their defensive front line is just all over quarterbacks and where their secondary is making all kinds of interceptions. And then there's other weeks where that Baltimore defense is just like they are bleeding points left and right. That secondary looks confused and looks awful. And it's like the defensive line is all angry, but they're not really stopping anybody. And then the offense, we talked about their Jekyll and Hyde nature. There's really no reason that the Ravens shouldn't be winning more than they are right now. I, that seems to really be a puzzle to me, kind of like we talked about the Colts. Can't seem to – there seems to be some kind of a disconnect there for the Colts right now. Same thing for the Ravens. They look amazing at times and yet wildly inconsistent. So, uh, you know, I think the Ravens are, are an incredibly dangerous team. And then it's just hard to hard to bet against Tom Brady here. I know we've talked about, you know, both those teams are playing. But, again, those two teams come to mind uh, immediately. I would tend to agree with you. I, I've been on the Ravens before the season started. I think that they have a favorable schedule, generally speaking, and I think they have enough talents on both sides of the ball, as you alluded to, to really win 12 games, but it doesn't look like they're going to hit that. I At this point, I'd kind of be shocked if they won 11. I see them as more of a 10-7 team. You know, fighting with the the Bengals for the for the um, AFC East title or sorry AFC North title. I kind of like. I I do like the Buccaneers to get back on track. Like you said, it's just hard to bet against Tom Brady, but I I think the Forty ers I'm like I said, I'm digging my heels in on them. Like I I will I will die on this hill. I think they're just they're contenders in my opinion. That they've done it before. They've They've done it with Jimmy G, so don't give me that crap about Jimmy G. is not good enough. I understand he has limitations, and he looked bad, but I am dying on this hill here. I think the 49ers are going to get things turned around. They're going to go on a run here, and I I think they're going to go to the um, NFC uh, championship game, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. I'd love to see it. I actually watch – I enjoy watching the Rams franchise, the Patriots, the uh, the 49ers. Uh, even the Giants now a little bit. Franchises that seem to know how to take players, mix and match a lot, scheme very well, put players in favorable positions. I don't want to see them win all the time like the Patriots, but no, I, I really enjoy watching those kinds of coaches and franchises who seem to be very good at doing that. The 49ers are one of those. They seem to have more pieces right now than the Rams do too. Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. So uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Um Please make sure you are uh, following us on Twitter at Odds on Favorite. 
Um, you know, please give us a, uh, a review um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. It would really help us out. Uh, we would love some feedback if you have any for us. Um, yeah, and just hopefully, like like Ben said earlier, just don't bet more than you have. You know, please gamble responsibly. So we don't want anyone getting in trouble because of us or, you know, obviously people make their own decisions, but you know what we're talking about. Ben, you got anything else for him? Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, wherever you're listening, you may be on the other side of the world. Uh, let us know where you're at. Let us know what you do. Uh, we'll, we'll read it out on air. Thank you so much, everyone.